Greetings. Welcome aboard the Diecast Enterprise. This is Bags. I'm Foley. And uh, we just watched Hide and Q. Episode 9, Season 1. Yeah, we're uh, we're trucking along here. This is um, the second Q episode in the series. Marks Q's first appearance since the encounter at Farpoints. Yeah, and, you know, always happy to see Q. John Delancey is awesome. Nobody choose scenery like John Delancey. I don't know. He's so hammy, but so... I love it. Yeah, he's great. I love him. It's a it's a good episode, except well, <laughs> except it's not very good. No, I'm uh, um, I'm firmly in the camp of this is not a particularly good episode. A lot of people know this episode as the uh, those aren't muskets. Yeah, it's the episode with the pig guys in the Napoleon costumes. Yeah, it's kind of weird, and it's uh it's a character episode. Like, this is an episode about Riker. And yeah. we haven't really had, like, a full-on Riker-centric episode yet. You know, in seasons to come, everyone's going to get their spotlight episode, or multiple spotlight episodes, you know, to grow their characters and to get everybody kind of on board with the character. Everybody's going to get their chance to shine. This is Riker's first, and it's not his best. We've seen him in past episodes... He's had several opportunities to put one leg up on a couch or, a, you know, a comp seat, panel. a chomp, comp panel. This is his first chance to do it on an away mission. And he delivers. He's got his legs so high up on that boulder. On this rock or boulder, yeah. Yeah, yeah like behind, behind Jordy. You know, he's, he's full on presenting his crotch to the entire away mission. We can only conclude that it's this limberness that attracts Q to the first officer of the Enterprise. I'm sure that this is what has captured Q's interest, is yes. the constant Captain Morgan poses that uh, that Riker insists on, uh, on doing. I assume that Riker is a descendant of Captain Morgan. It only makes sense. That's why it's so strange that he always refuses the position of Captain so many yeah, times yeah. throughout the series. It's probably like the whole, you know, Strider thing in Lord of the Rings. You know, he's yeah. got so much to live up to, or so much to live down, perhaps. Maybe. Who knows what's happened with the Captain Morgan lineage between now and the 24th century. Almost certainly terrible, terrible things have been done in the name of Captain Morgan. Drink responsibly. He's just waiting for the right ship. So yeah, the spring break booze cruise vehicle. <laughs> So Q and the Continuum, uh, on behalf of the Continuum, we're told, has decided to offer, tempt humanity with the powers of Q. See more or less how they'll respond to having omnipotence. Yeah, the general idea seems to be that the Q Continuum are concerned about humanity's drive for growth and change. They see this as a potential threat that... Eventually, humans may well surpass the Q Continuum. And they can't have that, so they need to figure this shit out now. Right. Prepare for it, or potentially put a stop to it, is the impression I was getting. So they want, they want more or less want Riker to join the Continuum, mm-hmm. so as to learn more about how, what he makes humans tick. Q constructs this elaborate scenario where the crew, or the bridge crew, are transported down to... A very original series-looking planet with a yeah. green sky, two moons, and a lot of plastic boulders. Let's talk about the uh, the away planets for a minute. I love that. Or, in, in HD, it's awesome. Yeah, it totally is. You thought they looked bad before in, oh, uh, in standard definition. Now they look <laughs> ten times worse. Now, now, don't get me wrong. They're still beautiful. The uh, yeah, the, these HD prints are amazing, and if you don't have them, get them. 
they really do show off that this is a soundstage that they're on. Do you remember which soundstage it was? Like, I know it had a name. They called it Planet Hell. Really? I, I yeah. don't. I don't. Uh, it was a particular stage on the Paramount lot. Like, stage something or other was oh. just known as Planet Hell because that stage was solely for Next Gen's uh, away mission sets. Why would they call it Planet Hell? More like Planet Awesome. I think it, they called it Planet Hell for numerous reasons, mostly being that it sucked to be working on that stage because oh. the away mission stuff was awful. Whatever. You know, having imagined there were probably heat issues and stuff. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Lots, lots of styrofoam around, you know. It's just all the better for John Delancey to chew on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Styrofoam really squeaks when you chew on it. So, Q decides they need to play a deadly game of some kind. Cause deadly games are the best kind of games. Best kind of games. Learn more and, about humanity from the games they play. And, and the lemonade they, they drink. I like that. So like, uh, that's, the first, that's the first hint that Riker's going to have these powers as Q introduces yeah. him to the idea. Yeah, Q, Q is kind of treating Riker as an equal down on the planet. So that's your first clue that shit's up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he offers Riker a drink. And Riker drinks. And he's like, gosh, I was just thinking of an old-fashioned lemonade. Ah. And then uh, Q's all like, yeah, lemonade's the bomb. And Riker wants to know about his about his crew and it's like, oh, they can have oh, whatever, whatever they, they want and boom all of a sudden they've all got uh, they've all got drinks what do you think Data's drink was? I don't know maybe he didn't drink it no he didn't but uh, it made me think of like Data's drink made me think of that episode of Red Dwarf where uh, where oh Crichton's yeah when Crichton goo yeah. uh, no like that well kind of that episode where they meet Legion and Legion like makes them dinner uh, like Mimosian Cuisine which is Oh. You know, safe for mechanoids to eat. So he like Crichton's really excited to be able to eat stuff. You know, with everyone else. I think Data can eat stuff. He just doesn't have to. Yo, I know, I know. I'm just saying this reminded me of it. Like maybe maybe it was like antifreeze or something, or just you know, maybe nutritional whatever's for his uh, nutrients. I don't know. Feline supplement. Uh, but uh, Worf ain't having none of this shit. He <laughs> pours out his entire drink for his homies. Staring down Q the whole time. Mm-hmm. Look of utter disdain. I don't think Tasha drinks hers either. No. Uh, Worf then, having emptied his glass, dashes it aside and we hear it shatter. Of course, so dramatic. Oh man, speaking of Worf, we almost forgot to mention the sweet acrobatic oh, yeah. movie pulls on the bridge. Yeah, when Q first arrives, Worf's like, what, what, what? And just he le- leaps. Right over the wooden... The, the U thing? The, the horseshoe? Yeah, the horseshoe. And it's sweet, like pretty sweet jump. It looked actually pretty precarious. We went through it frame by frame several <laughs> times. Oh, we did. And it really looked like Michael Dorn was on the cusp of bailing he got really some, badly. He, he had some pretty good air. Yeah, it was a huge leap. Like, he leaped over and, yeah. like, like it looked like he leapt with the wrong leg, too. Like, the leg furthest from the horseshoe yeah, yeah. is the one that he led with, so the one closest there's had definitely to clear some, it. There's definitely and, some, like, bicycle kick yeah, action really in the Yeah, really awkwardly, but he lands, and he's like, ha-ha! Uh, and, I th- and this draws attention away, thankfully, <laughs> from, from, from Tasha, Tasha Yar's Yar. equivalent... Um, jump where she more or less she kind of daintily springs over her side of the horseshoe and lands on Troy's chair oh yeah Troy's not in this episode oh, yeah. she's on vacation they actually literally tell, they us, tell us at, at the, the beginning of the episode Troy's on vacation notice how they didn't mention that when the episode where Worf wasn't there they didn't say oh yeah Worf's on vacation right <laughs> Poor now Worf. no just fuck Worf Worf was very much in danger of like just bailing on the floor of the bridge 
Which would have been funnier. I'm, like, can you imagine Worf just spilling onto the floor in front of Picard? Yeah. So he's just like on his belly, facing the carpet. I wonder if there is like an outtake <laughs> or like a blooper reel of that. Oh, just... I bet there is. Or like he makes the jump and then just like his headpiece flies <laughs> off, or the sash hits him in the teeth. Beautiful. Or... Might be the highlight of the whole show. <laughs> yeah. We really liked that. We watched that yeah. numerous times Check before we carried on with the episode proper. So yeah, there's that game happening on the planet, and uh, Tasha's not having any of it. She gets upset. Like she basically mouths off to Q, and he sends her to the penalty box. Right. So she's banished back up to the ship where Picard is trapped on the bridge alone. Yeah, and he's no idea what's going on. He knows Q's trapped him on the bridge, but he still checks all the doors just in case Q forgot one. Right. It seems silly, but I guess I probably would do the same thing. Probably you know? would. Yeah. Like. I know Q's trapped me there, but maybe, maybe Q's forgotten about one of the doors. Maybe he left the ready room maybe. available. Who knows? No, no. So there's Tasha, and she's in the penalty box, and if anyone else goes into the penalty box, she will be displaced and... In, into nothingness. In, into nothingness. So yeah. she'll, she'll be erased, as it were. So she's quite upset about this. This distresses her. But Picard comforts her, letting her know that it's totally totally kosher to sob your ass off on the bridge when you're in the penalty yeah. box and then she basically semi hits on the captain as has been kind of a running theme in season one a lot of the ladies the ladies love Jean-Luc in, in, in Trek and it's always the same line too oh if you weren't the captain is it? I don't remember it's that v- it's very similar the lament is always that he's the captain mm. if you weren't a, if you weren't a captain you know oh like what I'd do to you that's what Jordy said to him a couple episodes <laughs> back like I don't remember this at all like, who says that Crusher? yeah like, okay. like, I'll take your word for it it's very similar and uh, I, I think it will continue to be so there's there's a lot of uh, when it comes to the ladies in Picard there's a lot of lamentation that he's the captain because if he weren't the captain if it weren't against protocol the, they'd the, be all, they'd be all up on the ladies love Picard that doesn't change for seven seasons no. let's face facts but come on everybody loves Picard the man is just like a stone cold pimp yeah like yeah so th- this also reveals the HD kind of doesn't do oh right the makeup Denise Crosby's makeup job any favors it's weird she like, looks like she's wearing mime makeup like a white powder ball kind of exploded yeah someone threw it her, threw it at her like, nose in front of her nose because like there's this guy she's got kind of a raccoon mask except that it's white instead of black on it's her weird. face so like you see her from behind and she looks like a normal human being flesh tone and everything yeah but then you look at her face from the front in this scene and yeah it, it looks like like she's got raccoon eyes except yeah. white out instead of instead of blacked out and it's very odd so we see the horrors of like you know pre-hd tv makeup yeah and full effect here yeah it's it's an interesting thing because we discussed this long ago when hd tv kind of first made the uh yeah yeah. was first making the rounds and it was discovered that you had to do makeup differently for hd than you did for standard definition yeah and our like where we discovered this was on conan o'brien Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, you uh, you brought it to my attention that Conan O'Brien's makeup in HD—it's horrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the game is not really a game per se. It's just a whole bunch of pig monster men in French costumes with yeah. muskets that aren't muskets. Q never really explains the game. They just—they're yeah. just there's this these weird Napoleonic pig guys and they're scary because they have 
phaser muskets and yeah people can actually die those aren't muskets the real game is to see whether uh when his friends get hurt whether Riker will use his q powers yeah, to save whether them. he will succumb to the uh the to temptation the, of having godlike powers although i do want to talk about that one part like during the game when uh wharf is out reconnoitering oh yeah and we're with Jordy and data and Riker, and like way back at their camp and apparently Jordy can see wharf just fine from where they are in fact yeah Riker says can you see him and Jordy makes a comment that oh you know he he could see the if he had them he would be able to see the freckles on wharf's nose so so the implication here is that Jordy's visor gives him like super long range vision if he wants he can zoom the fuck in you know and he's watching Worf sneak up on the enemy camp and he's like oh oh no good Worf sees them but it begs the question why Worf did they send Worf all. <laughs> all the way out there when fucking Jordy could see them all perfectly well from where they were well um the well you probably haven't considered is that Worf is a Klingon, and he may not be completely housebroken. So, like the dog, like a dog, he's gonna run, run free for a bit. See, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it is funny. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a little weird. Like it, it really seems like Jordy could just like get up onto one of the higher boulders and just totally scope yeah. out the enemy position from way back where they are with no trouble at all. Mm-hmm. Anyways, shit happens. Riker sends the crew back to the uh, Enterprise and then stays behind on the planet to have himself a good chuckle. Yeah, yeah. He uh, is in a, a chat with Q, whose costume has changed several times for the episode. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking specifically about his moment where he's just sitting on a rock laughing. <laughs> he is so amused with I can't even imagine what. I don't know. It's really unnatural and really you know the villainous laugh like i mean that's a that's a staple in uh in a lot of old movies you know <laughs> yeah it takes a lot to make that laugh work you know like you get you get a bad actor trying to do villainous laughter and you're just like the same is true here. Not that I'm calling Frakes a bad actor. How I love you? Frakes. How dare you? But he doesn't he at this stage in his career he didn't quite know what to do with his laughing to himself moment and it's so awkward the whole thing is weird because then he says he's laughing at Q yeah because you're the joke it's interesting like at this point Riker's uh, character starts to fluctuate wildly like the best is the next scene like the closing scene before they cut the commercial Riker's standing back on the bridge that super smug look on his face oh, that's not quite yet because oh, sorry the, that that's after the second time when like all oh, of the crew yeah, goes back yeah, yeah sorry there's a lot of back and forth between the bridge and this planet yeah like, basically he he tells q off and then q disappears and brings the bridge crew br- back right at which point wharf gets killed work is because he's stupid by, yeah he's, basically like the the soldiers are marching in and without an order from his captain or anything wharf just charges in to this hopeless situation. It's, it's, a, it's a 15 on 1. Worf's yeah. got it. Yeah. Worf has no weapon. They all have muskets with bayonets. And they're phaser muskets. Yeah, exactly. So Worf beats up like three guys and then promptly gets himself skewered. And then and Wesley, being just as stupid, runs to Worf's corpse. Worf, oh no! Oh no, my good friend Worf! And then he gets skewered he from gets, behind. Yeah, you know, like Picard style. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he like, gets Picarded. Like, like a Picardio. <laughs> this is great. Um, so, yeah. Picardiac this is, arrest. 
Oh, nice. Well done. This is the first time. This is the first time we see Wesley die on the show. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, and so um, so Wesley dies, and then Riker, you just you just flings his arm up into the air. Oh yeah, and makes the uh, makes that Q style force field appear to to hold the uh, the enemy back. I don't know if we've talked about this on a podcast or recorded it, but like we were, we've talked several times about how the various Q beings that we meet throughout the show all have their own signature kind of flair for mm. how they activate their powers. Yes, this is the first time we've talked about it for you. All right. Well, Q Q's is pretty understated. He maybe waves his hand. Maybe he doesn't even. Yeah, but oftentimes Q doesn't do anything. He just gives you a good look, and then it happens. Yeah, there's an episode later where we meet a, a young girl who's a, a, the offspring of Q, so she's just learning about her powers. Yeah, she like just her, her parents were from the Q continuum, and they like hid out on Earth, and yeah. then like they got to, they got killed by a cyclone, which was actually created yeah the point is that she's learning how to use her powers at first she has a really like crazy yeah, hand waving gesture kind of jazz hands thing that looks like it, yeah. it's the same move like i'm sorry it's the same move from the movie showgirls oh i was gonna that say nomi malone pulls out when she's when she's watching like the uh the big number that she wants to be in for the first time and she's kind of miming along with it while she watches it's the exact same move it's like the crisscross hands in front of the face yeah okay okay yeah so she, she does that uh corbin bernson who's in another episode has a q move he kind of like waves his hands sort of yeah and then um and q mostly snaps q mostly snaps but then riker <laughs> riker <laughs> his first is more subtle he just raises his hand up you know, but it's, it's he basically, very dramatic. He basically does a Freddie Mercury arm flourish. Yeah, yeah, that's like, the big raises one. Raises his hand right up yeah, in the just air. Just like, ba-bam! And like, yeah, it's really awesome. And then when he transports them back to the bridge, they arrive at the bridge, and he is like chest puffed out, <laughs> you know, arms crossed, Buffalo you know, stance. like like almost crazed eyes. Just No, look. he's pure smug. Like Yeah, he's just like... He could not look more arrogant. Yeah, it's he's like in ultra arrogance mode. But that's the weird thing about it too is because it's but great. it's an immediate commercial break and then right after it he's back to being regular Riker again. Yeah. But uh yeah, Riker goes into like some major character shift territory when he gets Q's powers. Like he goes mad with power immediately and then it goes away and then comes back and then goes away and then comes back full force. I was thinking about this while we were watching this and I know it's a self-contained episode, and they wanted a resolution. Do you want you want to like do the rest of the plot synopsis, or no, no, no? Okay, well, just I'll just short circuit it. Here's the surprise: Riker, pa- like the humans, passed the Q's test. Riker, in the end, learns that having these types of powers, you can't. Sh- he wants to offer everyone gifts and shortcuts to all the ambitions that they want. So he offers to turn Data into a human. Data doesn't want that. He wants to achieve things on his own. He grows Wesley up, mm-hmm. which is hilarious. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a yeah, minute. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. We'll talk about Wesley in a bit, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, of course, Wesley's like, no, I have, it doesn't feel right. I want to earn it. Yeah. I want to get there on my own. That's what he says, yeah. Ultimately, everybody on the bridge refuses Riker's wi- gifts. gifts to make their dreams come true. And Riker comes to, a, uh, to an realizes. important realization and rejects the cue. Thus thwarting Q's Efforts. Attempts to um, to tempt the humans. Right. So good work, yay humans. I guess what I wanted to say was I forget where was it going. <laughs> Shit. I don't uh, know. You you fast tracked the synopsis oh no! to get to this point. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> well, let's talk about Wesley. <laughs> Worf, is this your idea of sex? This is sex. 
Okay, so they needed to wrap this up, right, so that Riker doesn't have Q powers at the end of the episode. But Mm -mm. what if they just didn't do that? What if Riker just went along now for the rest of the series with Q powers that he was bound not to use? Like, what would the temptation be like in all the different scenarios that they encounter over time? Best of both worlds. Exactly, yeah. At what point would he break? They could have carried that on for a while rather than just one. It would have been kind of interesting. Although I think it would also be kind of infuriating to watch Riker not do shit that... I guess it would just dominate everything if they did it that way. Yeah, Um, yeah. But it would have been cool. Yeah, and it would have been cool like if they had made that a several episode arc of Riker coming to terms with and eventually getting rid of renouncing the powers permanently. Because presumably if he's got the powers of the Q, he's also got the power to give up that power. Maybe the way you make it like not annoying or not dominating every episode would be to maybe hint at the idea that he still had the powers and Mm. then only reveal it later on that yes he did and he was struggling with it internally the whole time Uh so we don't have to have a lot of like scenes of him like humming and hawing yeah it's the thing about next gen though is its format was not a multi-series arc format like get a couple of episodes you know that take place over two episodes but for the most part we don't get you know season-long arcs or anything no and almost every like big picture idea that they ever have they ditch or just conveniently forget about like there's Mm -hmm. the whole speed limit idea on warp drive which they kind of pay lip service to for like half a season yeah and and that just goes away no you're ruining space weird i i don't know i had i had some issues with that episode they wanted to introduce the idea of ecology yeah like they were they were clearly trying to do like an environmental slant yeah. But I'm not sure whether the science of that really works out in outer space. I'm not. Whatever. I don't know. I don't. We're not space scientists. I am not a space scientist. There's the scene where Q, where Q replaces Data. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Down on the planet and like Q just takes Data's place. Yeah. Like this is when he informs Riker that he's given him Q powers. Yeah, he's like, hey, Riker's like, hey, Data, what do you think is... Do you think we can get away from these guys? And Data turns around, yeah, and it's Q. Q in Data makeup, and it's really... Super creepy. Yeah, it's it's weird. I was saying, I, I remember as a child having nightmares about that for some reason. About <laughs> Q, Q Data? Q Data, I don't know why. Data Q? It's kind of scary. Yeah, that's fair, that's fair. Yeah. The eyes were are particularly off-putting. Anyway, so... Do we talk about Wesley now? Oh, yeah, let's talk about Wesley, because we forgot to mention it last episode. Acting Ensign Wesley Crusher is on the scene with his... Brand new uniform, the acting Ensign uniform. That, oh, yeah. uh, that tunic with the with the three-color, you know, that kind of rainbow stripe. I, that... ju- I just thought, like, when I was watching this today, this, I never thought about this before, and maybe it's really obvious, but those three colors are the three colors of the different roles on the ship. I never thought of that, but you're totally yeah. right. Like, oh, shit. Everybody's no. just rolling our eyes at us. Maybe, maybe. I haven't thought of that, but... You know, it, it's okay. It's yeah. like it's what like that time when I told you about Giant Man. Shut up about Ant-Man. Giant Man. <laughs> giant Man and Ant-Man, the same guy. It's like Giant Ant-Man. So I never thought of that already. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's the it's the three colors of positions. What do you? Uh, yeah, of the fact I, I would call it, yeah departments, faculties, whatever. Yeah. It's the uh, it's command, engineering, and science. Science. Yeah. Yeah. Because medical falls under science, command is red, and like engineering and everything else. Security. Yeah. Androids. Gold. I don't know. The, the stripes on one side interlock. They like weave yeah, over each yeah. other, and they they don't on the other. I didn't oh, notice that. I They're not symmetrical. I, I did not notice that either. Huh. Yeah. So this is the second time that we see Wesley in his acting ensign uniform. The first time being in the last episode, and we're sorry yeah. we forgot to cover it then. 
heinous so we missed yeah. it yeah we Wesley really, fashion watches uh, we felt really bad about it afterwards we were like oh shit how did we forget to talk about wesley's new uniform is it two piece or is it one piece i think it's one piece i think it's a one piece like everybody else yeah yeah because at first like initially i thought no that's it's two pieces you know because like the bottom of the shirt you know just yeah but no it's one piece i think it's one piece but then like this is his like acting ensign uniform for this season yeah, he gets but the, then it changes into like that, that kind gray of thing. yeah that kind of gray purple thing in like the next season where he and it is two piece in that one and it's got like that zip up the back of the pants oh, that the always pants that looks, overlap the, yeah. the, that always looks like it's not quite done up properly like it's uh, they look really silly yeah like you know it's zipped up but then the split at the top is mm-hmm. un, there's enough of it that you're like did he zip up his pants all the way because it doesn't look like he did you know later on he gets his full like scouts outfit this is like his cub scouts outfit <laughs> yeah I don't yeah what, what is I, I don't know what the uh, what the oh what's after scouts or what's before four scouts like because like, well i think it, it's in canada anyway it's like it's beavers then cub scouts then scouts and then um, rovers rangers something like that. I, I, don't I, I don't know i was only ever a cub scout and only for like one like i don't one know one school year yeah yeah they never I, had a merit batch ser- seriously i only joined cub scouts for one reason cup car races that's what are those? all i wanted to do um the the every year like they'd hold these cup car races and it's like this block of wood that you uh, make your own car out of like oh, the, awesome. the wheels are on na- like y- you nail the wheels on so like the wow but like each wheel is on its own axle basically but you know it's just an, and the, you, this is when you were a child in the 1950s I take it <laughs> we were children at the same time you bastard <laughs> I don't know <laughs> yeah um, interestingly enough while we are recording this episode about a week before my 35th birthday this episode will be uh coming out several weeks after my birthday fair enough Whatever. so happy birthday yeah i'm i'm 34 and 35 right now we're coming to you from the future <laughs> oh yes time it's strange yes a little harder for the cue to master <laughs> than the human condition no the human condition is harder than time yeah they they how can they handle oh, time yes. and space so well and us so badly? I don't know, Data. Golly gee. That's so <laughs> G horrible. Gee Willikers, Data. Uh, horrible yeah, line At the end, end of the, the episode, Data has this little kind of moral denouement or whatever, and we're all just like, groan! It's awful. Yeah, it's... This reminded me, like, uh, when when Riker was going to give or turn Data into a human, Data was like, nuh-uh. In a couple of seasons... Like, it might be season four. Q joins the crew in an Oh, when episode. he's cast out of the continuum. Yeah, exactly. Made a human. And, uh, and Data becomes his kind of guide, yeah. you know? Yeah, And at the end of the episode, he gives Data a gift. Possibly true to form for Q being, you know, omnipotent and super intelligent and stuff. Unlike Riker's potential gift of humanity... He gives Data just a little taste of it instead, you know, in his great Q wisdom, and just gives Data a laughing fit. Yeah. Which I fucking love. Yeah. Like, I love that uh, that that bit. And, yeah, I think, like, it clearly harkens back to this episode. And as much as we want to rag, I guess, on some of the first season stuff, the only way you, you can do that is with characters where we ha- you know, that we know well and have depth. Mm-hmm. And part of establishing that type of round character is you have to go through stuff like this yeah, episode. We have to we have to slog through these early days where it's kind of yeah. rough going. But yeah, so this you get episode, to the good stuff later. This episode it is 
It is particularly rough with Riker because even though we're only nine episodes in, this is the ninth episode, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, even though we're only nine episodes in, we've already spent enough time with Riker to know that his reaction to getting these powers and the almost instantaneous turn in his demeanor and the way he acts and talks is way out of character for the Riker that we've been presented with thus far. And, you know, in retrospect, it's even worse. Like, knowing who Riker is for the rest of the series, it becomes even more blatant that this was just way out of character for Riker. It would have been better if, like, again, if, he, if he'd had the powers in secret for a long time, and then, like, season five or whatever, his revealed, and then Riker just, like, before whatever crisis comes of that, mm-hmm. he just cuts loose. Yeah. So he's like, you know, everybody's immediately on Ryza, and <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> Trombones oh, everywhere. Oh, Ryza. I see what they were trying to do with this episode. I don't think it was particularly successful. Like many episodes in season one, they're they're kind of reaching beyond themselves at this point. I, I'm sensing a low ranking for you for this episode. You're you're uh, yeah. you're quite astute, good sir. Right. Um, I am going to give Hayden Q a rank of ensign. 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 Oh. One filled in pip. All right. I can't. I can't in all. Like, I can't in good conscience give it a junior lieutenant because I gave the last episode junior lieutenant, and it's a better episode than this one. All right. You put it like that. I did put it like that, and I do. Okay, well, I think just to troll you then, I'm giving it a full lieutenant. <laughs> Aha! The rating higher than the previous episode. You are making a mockery of the rating system, sir. <laughs> no way. I give you, it... <laughs> you would tear down the walls of our society. I rank it double lieutenant. <laughs> I'm going to get into the admirals here. Yes. No, God no. We do have admiral rank pips that we can get into later. Oh, but nice. I think uh, I don't think we've met. Re- no, no, nothing we've encountered deserves that. Yeah, I, I think I might save the admiral rank pips for all good things. Oh, nice. Do you think that's the best episode of Trek? For me, I thought that uh, the final episode of Next Gen was shockingly good. Like so many series, mm. ne- like their final episode just doesn't quite deliver on the promise of the whole series, right. or doesn't quite live up to the greatest moments of next gen or or of their series next gen totally nailed it the final episode of next gen is so good so you think that all good things is better than the episode of ds9 where the crew plays baseball against the vulcans i think all good things is better than every episode of ds9 combined whoa wow i listen i'm aghast you know like if i had the choice like if I'm on a desert island, like, Q has put me on a desert planet. All right. Yes. You know? And I can ha- either have all good things or the entirety of Deep Space Nine. I'm choosing all good things. Wow. All right. That's high praise. Oh, I can't wait to hear your review of it when we, uh, when yeah. we get there. Yeah, when we get there next decade. In 25 years. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you want to say about this episode? Um, no. I've got nothing else for this episode. It's, oh. uh... Oh, no, wait, I do. It's not about this episode specifically, but it's about Q. Oh, I want to talk about Q, too. Initially, they were thinking about, I believe, while watching the making of stuff and, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff on the season two set of the Blu-rays, they mentioned that their original idea for Q, after his introduction, was that he would appear in six episodes per season. They decided that, actually, 
one Q episode per season was probably better. I, that was a really, really good decision. Definitely, because I love Q a lot. But he can overstay his welcome. Yeah, he's a bit of a pant load sometimes. Like, one episode is enough. And it's better, you know? Like, you you overdo Q and it's not special anymore. Yeah. It's like Sideshow Bob. You can't have six Sideshow Bob episodes in a season of The Simpsons. No. You get one. Some people would argue that there are already too many Q episodes, mm-hmm. even with the ones that they did do. I well, mean, like in season... Well, here's season one, and we've already got two Q episodes. Well, I I, I meant over the course of the series. I mean, I, I don't know how many mm-hmm. there are in total, like nine or something. And mm-hmm. I'm saying, like, some people would say that's too many. Yeah. I was going to say, though, that... Again, maybe this is really obvious to other people, but I'm just sort of thinking about it now. We always refer to the Q, and I mean, he does himself, as the continuum is being omnipotent and omniscient, but, like, they're very clearly not. Yeah. While they can maybe do anything, or they can do a lot of things, they clearly don't know everything. Yeah. I guess this is heavily implied, but they are quite fallible. Um, And are... Yeah, despite the control they seem to exert over time and space, they are linear. They don't... It limits them. Yeah, they uh, they don't experience the future and the past and the present simultaneously, like say the uh, the prophets in the wormhole, for whom time is like all of time is yeah the same. I don't know. I, again, I, I guess the I guess Q shows up in Voyager, and they they probably ruin the whole concept of the continuum there. I don't really know. Is Voyager the episode where we actually get to see a physical representation of the continuum? Yeah, and it's like an Old West saloon or yeah. something, which is super dumb. Yeah, it's it's like this, uh, it's kind of like ghost towny kind of thing, like with this old guy sitting on a porch in a rocking chair and shit. Yeah, probably just what everybody pictured the continuum to be like in their mind's eye. Yeah, absolutely. I don't remember what that was really about, but... Riker was in that episode. Really? Yeah, yeah, it was his cameo on uh, Voyager. Q brought Riker in. Yeah, there was a, there was a Q who wanted to die. Oh, because they don't die. Yeah, but when you say you say they don't experience time, um, like the the prophets. I mean, they yeah. they do seem to be able to see through time, though. Yeah, but you know, it's it's kind of weird, right? Because that would make them at least partially omniscient, because they would be able to look into the future and see what's going to happen. Yeah. I, I don't really know how to explain their limitations or what it is that... I you know Or reason out why it is that they are limited, but they clearly seem to be. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think it's just the ineffable quality of the Q continuum we'll never understand. More fun that way anyway. Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, if you try to explain it, you end up in Old West saloons. Yeah, but that's one of the cameras. great things about, uh, about all good things is Q in the three different timelines. Yeah, yeah. You know, and in fact, Q being responsible for them in an effort to save humanity. Yeah. And and his, and his favorite pet, Picard. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. So I gave this episode a uh, ensign. You're giving it a full lieutenant. Are you sticking lieutenant, with that? Lieutenant, yeah. There it is. Fully is shitting on our rating system here. Whatever. What What's coming up next? What's our next episode? It's the first appearance of Luxana Troy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is it Haven? I believe it's called Haven. Yeah. Loxana Troy, Majel Barrett Roddenberry, also the voice of the computer. She yeah. uh, she gets around. Nurse Chapel Nurse from Chapel. the original series, who was in love with Spock in that episode. That was oh, sad. Yeah, that was so sad. sad. Uh, um, 
too bad. I'm not a fan of Loxana Troy, but man, does Majel Barrett play the hell out of that character? Like she yeah. just she just leans into that shit like yeah. nobody's business. She uh, I do enjoy the effect she has on the crew. Like I love how uncomfortable she makes Picard. Oh oh, I think I know this. I think this episode. Yeah, yeah. Th- this episode, she arrives, I think it's for her daughter's wedding. Oh, probably. Yeah, this is, like, where we find out that... Uh, Somebody's De- getting married. Yeah, De- no, Deanna ha- was, uh, like, promised to some, like, family's son, and, like, she never thought it would happen, but then it does, uh. you know? And But then it turns out he's been getting, you know, crazy... Like, all his life, he's been dreaming about the same woman. He thought it was going to be Deanna, but it turns out to be, like, you know, this lady on a plague ship. You're stepping all over the I'm next, s- oh, next episode, shit. man. I, I will edit all this out, and you better. And that's what happens next episode, and we'll talk about it then. Fuck Worf. Fuck Worf. Fuck fuck fuck, fuck Worf. All right. All right. Uh, thank you for joining us aboard the Diecast Enterprise. This is Pags. Foley. We will talk to you next time.